Hello and welcome to Staying Connected, the German Embassy's podcast. My name is Julia Gross. I'm the Embassy's Deputy Head of Mission. This week, the Women's Euros will get underway in England and it is set to draw the biggest crowds in the tournament's history. It's very fitting then that we have Suzanne Rack on the podcast today. She is a Guardian journalist and author of A Woman's Game, The Rise, Fall and Rise Again of Women's Football. She's going to speak with Germany international Melanie Leupolz, who plays for Chelsea in the Women's Super League. Melanie is one of the German team's most experienced players, having previously played in the Frauenbundesliga. This year, however, Melanie will be a spectator at the Euros after she announced her pregnancy earlier this year. Congratulations, Melanie. Melanie will give us a unique insight into the developments of the women's game in England and Germany. So thank you both for joining us. And Suzanne, the floor, or should I say the pitch, is yours. Hey, Melanie, how are you doing? Hey, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. So uh, we'll start straight off. Uh, you've been in England for a couple of seasons now. What what's it? What was it like being a professional footballer in, in Germany? And how does that compare to England as well? You know, playing for two of the biggest clubs in Europe. Yeah, I was playing many years in Germany. And from the beginning of my career, I always wanted to play abroad. And of course, England is such a football nation. Uh, so big, so many nice clubs and stadiums. So it was always my favorite country to go and yeah uh, like I said many years in Germany and then I wanted to do something new step out of my comfort zone and then I went to to Chelsea um, I think they played an amazing season before and they were so successful and I just could see myself in their style of play so my choice was moving to London and yeah I'm really happy that I did this I have an amazing team there they are so professional but also really kind people and helpful and yeah they're just amazing what were the standards like because I, I imagine at Bayern they were probably pretty good like is it very different at Chelsea or is it is it similar like with the facilities and things like that yeah the facilities in Munich they are really good because they're brand new uh, we were together with the youth team um, in the FC Bayern campus But just for the last two years, I think, before it wasn't that professional. Um, also, the time, so I was six years in Munich. Um, the time I was spending there, uh, the club changed a lot. And also women's football changed a lot. It got so much more professional. We just had one physio twice a week in the beginning. And in the end, we had two physios every single day. And... Uh, in Chelsea, yeah, it's so professional, the whole club. Um, there's so many people. For instance, we have, I don't know, three or four physios. So um, they spend a lot of money in yeah, being professional, giving us the best opportunities to perform. And I think that was also a big step from Germany to England. But I also know that it's unique in England. Um, you also have clubs that are not that professional like Chelsea is. But yeah. I'm really happy that I can use all their help to improve my game and to be successful with the team. You mentioned there that the spread of resources in the Women's Super League isn't necessarily that equal. You know, you've got 
teams maybe towards the bottom of the league that don't have all of the benefits of the things that you have at Chelsea. Is it similar in Germany? Is it the case that, you know, Bayern and Wolfsburg are just so far ahead of everyone else? Or is the gap a little bit closer than perhaps maybe people realise? No, I would say the gap is even bigger in Germany. So you have Bayern Munich and Wolfsburg. Um, they are ahead of all other teams um, with their game, but also with their opportunities in the club. So, yeah, there's a big game in the league. Um, of course, you also have a, a gap in England, but I think it's smaller and you also have more teams that play for the title. So it's more interesting. And I would also say that the kind of football we play in England is a little bit more interesting for the audience because um, also the smaller teams, they are really strong and they always have the opportunities to score also against the bigger teams. Um, and yeah, I think the game is more open. Maybe in Germany you have more tactical um, points and training. So you don't concede that many goals against weaker teams. But yeah, like I said, I think for the audience, it's much more interesting to watch women's football in England. And when you signed for Chelsea, it was literally just as that pandemic was kicking off. So it must have made it pretty difficult for you to sort of settle into life in London. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, the whole time wasn't easy for all of us. Um, but yeah, moving to another country, of course, um, wasn't that easy, but I think I did really well. Um, yeah, finding a flat in England wasn't that easy. I had to do all the viewings via Zoom calls, um, but the club helped me with everything and the girls were amazing. And luckily we um, could train the whole time in England. Um, that was really good. So I can, uh, I could yeah, just get to know all of my teammates and spend a lot of time with them in training so I could focus really on football so um, yeah I think we did really well in this time so we were really lucky that we can play that we can train that we can see each other um, I think other people suffered more in this time. Do you think it helped you settle into the squad a little bit faster than usual maybe because you were so like they became family right when you they're all you can see and mm -hmm. uh, no, I don't think so I think my teammates also helped me or would help me with yeah, settling in without the COVID pandemic. Um, but yeah, normally they do a lot of stuff around the training. So like team building um, activities or just spending an evening out together. So we had to skip all of these things. But yeah, on the pitch, we had a, a good time and we had a lot of fun. And what was moving abroad to play football like for you? Because, you know, obviously, say you've been to England and London before, but moving country for the first time, it must be a big, big change, big step. Yeah, but I'm really lucky that I did this because um, I think it helped me to grow as a player, but also as a person. Um, I learned so many nice people get to know them and also the language and uh, yet you, you just grow when you have to stand on your feet and um, yeah be responsible for everything you do inside your own country so it's always easy to stay but I'm a person I just like to go out of my comfort zone and try something new and experience 
new things and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but in this case um it did and uh, yeah it was amazing that i did this choice what was uh, your english like before you moved because you know you seem to settle into things pretty quickly when you're here uh, it wasn't that good it was just my english which i learned in school um i had an american friend she was helping me when in the time uh, when i was in germany but yeah of course you learn more words and just the language even better when you're in the country um i think without the covid pandemic it would be even better but <laughs> i'm happy i can understand everything and talk to my coach talk to my teammates so it's it's pretty good how to cope with some of the uh, accents like Erin Cuthbert's? <laughs> yeah, these are not that easy. <laughs> uh, but also the girls from England, when they're from the north, it's totally different than from the south. But yeah, if they see that I don't understand them, they speak really clearly and slowly. What's your kind of favourite parts of London now to enjoy? Like, What do you like doing in the city now you can actually <laughs> go out and see things? Yeah, I moved closer to the city um, after COVID. And yeah, I just love to to visit all the nice places and uh, try new restaurants. Um, I think London has so many different and good ones. Um, yeah, otherwise just spending time in the Hyde Park or go for some shopping. <laughs> There's a lot to do in England. There is, there's so much. I grew up in London, so I'm, and like you feel like you only ever know a tiny part of it and mm -hmm. so, still so much more. Um, German teams have always performed really, really well against English teams in, well, internationally and in the Champions League. Um, obviously, it was only in the 2020-21 season that Chelsea finally knocked out Wolfsburg from the Champions League. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, I took four points off of you in the group stage last season, knocked out Arsenal. What makes what makes German teams so strong? What is it about them that keeps them so competitive um, in uh, football domestically and internationally when, you know, you look at the investment in England into the Women's Super League and into the national team has really kind of stepped up a level, but still they're, they're very much chasing uh, German teams. Why do you think that is? Um, yeah, we always had really good players in Germany when I think about the past, but also now we have many young talents in the national team. I think the future for Germany is bright and if you can keep them in the league, uh, of course, it's it's really helpful. And also, I think the, the coaches are really good. They focus on details. They always want to get better with their team. They train a lot. They train much more than we do in England, um, sometimes twice a day, um, every single day a week. And yeah, I think they are just really focused on getting better. And that's why they're always really strong. Uh, but I also think that women's football in, in England uh, develop really well. When you see teams like Man United, they just started and they were so successful. Um, so, yeah, I think the whole women's game is just developing in every single country. And in the past, there was, um, yeah, just, <laughs> or not just Germany, but Germany won a lot of titles in the, with the national team. 
but that also changed. Um, other countries got so much better and they closed the gap. So I, I'm also looking forward to the Euros because it's so interesting which team is uh, standing where and who is winning against each other. So um, I think, yeah, just the whole game got so much more professional. Do you think that people are underestimating Germany a little bit in the Euros? I, you know, there's a lot of talk about England, about Spain. Germany have won this tournament so many times. I feel like they're maybe not being talked about as much as they should be. <laughs> yeah, like I said, in the past, there was just Germany. So we won a lot of titles. But like you said, now there are different teams like Spain or England. They have an amazing squad. Uh, Barcelona is playing amazing football and they have so many players in their national team. But also in England, um, yeah, they are spread through the whole league. The players and they are so talented and we could see this in the little friendly tournament in England that um, they are really strong and yeah that we have to have our best day and play our best football to compete against the, uh, them so it will be really interesting and um, I think we are on the same level um, so yeah we can look forward to the tournament to see who's was the best is it hard for you to sit out and watch it even though obviously it's a very joyous reason that you're not <laughs> um yes of course especially because it's in my second home I would say um yeah I'm so impressed of the English women's football also about the fans because they are so supportive um and I think they really like women's football and the audience is much bigger than in Germany, um, you have really real fans. They are traveling to every single game. I don't say that you don't have them in Germany, but in England, you have much more of them. So it will be really good for the atmosphere of the tournament and supporting the different teams. So, um, of course, I would like to play and um, I always want to compete for titles. But yeah, like you said, there's a, a good reason to uh, uh, skip this tournament and hopefully I will join the national team for the World Cup next year. Yeah, that's not a bad goal to have. A World mm -hmm. Cup in Australia and New Zealand is a good one to, to aim yes. at. Um, in terms of the culture, you just mentioned like the the difference in fan bases in uh, in Germany and England. Um, what, what, what do you think makes that so different? Um, why, why do you think the, the culture of um, football in and fandom in England is so different to Germany? Mm, that's hard to say, but I think English people are a little bit more open for women's sports in general. And so they are also open for women's football and support their team. And I think when they have um, like a favorite team, like let's say the men's team of Chelsea, they also support the youth teams, the women's teams. And, and that's just amazing. And it's just so much fun to play in front of our audience um they sing throughout the whole game it's uh, yeah really helpful and just nice to see that you can uh, make so many people happy and when you joined obviously there were no fans in the grounds that must have been a really strange experience to go from that to then this like new culture where you've got really great crowds at king's meadow coming in and playing at some of the biggest stadiums in the cup finals and stuff yeah, but I was used to that before. And of course, we were just happy we got our fans back. Uh, without them, it's, it feels like a training game. Um, of course, you want to win, but 
just the atmosphere is much more it's much better when there are fans and when you can celebrate together with them so we were really happy when yeah they skipped the rules that we can play in front of our fans again and I was thinking about um you know obviously you coming over to play in England you're not the first uh Germany player to come to England to play football that you know lots of players go and play overseas in America or um in some of the other leagues in France and stuff it's less common in England to see some of the England players going and playing abroad although it's that seems to be changing and Georgia Stanway is obviously going to buy Munich now uh, for the new season do you think it's um do you think that coming to a different league with a different style and a different culture helps develop your your game as a professional footballer and and yeah help it grow yes um definitely so i would recommend to every young girl or also boys uh, if they want to make the next step in their career and learn something new they should try and it of course the league and um style of football you play in this league um, has to fit to your abilities um, but yeah the whole football in Europe and also worldwide is growing so much so you have more opportunities to go and you have more professional clubs and so I think it's even more interesting for talented players to try something new and to make uh, yeah, these experiences. How hard was it to settle into the Chelsea squad as a, as a player? Like we said, different style of football. Um, you know, Chelsea play a very intense game, I would say. Did it take you long to settle into the system and the way the team plays or or was it kind of a pretty seamless thing? Um, yeah, I mean, I had a pre-season to settle in. And of course, there are different things like it's more physical and it's more intense in training, but you have less training sessions so your body has to adapt to all these changes but um i think i did really well i wasn't injured and my teammates helped me a lot settling in and also uh, helped me to perform on, on my best because they know when every player is on their best we can be successful as a team and um there was no chalice player that i was coming so even in the midfield, we help each other. And of course, when we get new players, I try to help them now because I know all the yeah training sessions and how everything is working at Chelsea. So I think, um, yeah, like I said, we have an amazing team helping each other. And that's why we are so successful. How involved have you been able to be whilst pregnant? Are you like watching everything? Are you able to like really stay on top of it and keep your fitness up as well? Is it is it difficult? Um, it's okay. So I'm still training. Uh, I just came back from training. That's why my hair are wet. <laughs> um, I can still do a lot of running and gym sessions. Of course, you have to skip a few exercises you did before and you have to be really conscious about your body and the signals, um, you get from it. But, um, yeah, you can do so much sports and I think it really helped me throughout the last few months to stay fit and um, yeah, I almost have no pain in my back. I'm not stiff. Um, I feel really well. I have a lot of energy. I think sports can help in pregnancy uh, a lot. And also if you have the goal to come back, um, of course, it's important that you train um, until you give birth in the best case. Um, yeah, then the gap isn't that big and you can be back earlier. That's really cool. Yeah, and no, that makes a lot of sense. I, I um, 
I've got an eight-year-old um, and I remember when I was pregnant with him, I fainted on the tube. So hearing anyone train whilst they're pregnant and to quite a like high level feels just like superhero <laughs> level of, uh, of activity for me. Um, and with the Euros coming up, obviously we've already mentioned that, you know, the playing field is a lot more level than maybe it's been in recent competitions. Who do you think are the teams to look out for in this tournament? I think the Spanish team is amazing. Um, they have a really, really strong midfield. Um, also defense is good. Maybe they, their striker, maybe they struggle a little bit with scoring goals. Um, they're really good in keeping the ball and playing around the box. But sometimes I miss a striker who's just scoring also goals that are, that are not that pretty, you know. Um, but yeah, also the English team is amazing. I think they have everything. Uh, they just have to be a, a good team together, helping each other, uh, having a good team spirit. I think then they can win against every single team. Um, they have so many talented players and also experienced players. Um, yeah, the French team is always really strong with the, their league and their clubs with PSG and they all they have good players that also compete on on highest level in Champions League finals. Um, yeah, and last but not least, of course, Germany. <laughs> I also count them. Um, as a, as one of the favorites, um, it will be really interesting. Uh, we struggled the last few games a little bit, but last game against Switzerland was really good. So that gives us a lot of hope and also a good feeling for the Euros because we has we also have a lot of young players. Um, it's their first tournament, and um, yeah, they shouldn't feel too much pressure that they can perform on their best and. Yeah, hopefully they they compete until the end. Who's the most exciting young player, do you think, that could have a really, really strong tournament for Germany? I'd say for England, it's probably Lauren Hemp is like the one that everyone's sort of got their eye on. Who would be that player for Germany? Um, it's hard to say. We have so many good young players, but I would say Jule Brandt is really, really strong. She's really quick, physical, um, she's not thinking too much about her game. That's also really helpful. Um, but also Clara Buell, uh, as a winger, she was scoring three goals in the last game. Um, she's also quick. She can play with both feet. Um, she's really talented. Yeah, I would say these two are players we have to look for. Good choices. Um, and then when you look at the opportunities that some of the young uh, German players have had um, and have now um, compared to sort of the opportunities you had when you were coming through, how how different is it for, for them today coming into sort of professional football at such a young age compared to the way you had it? Um, I wouldn't say that my way was harder, but I think young players can enter the professional football world more easily um, because everything is more open and we are really helpful for them and you don't have these clear hierarchies do you say that so the the structure so the oldest players and then the young players and they have to do all the stuff like uh carrying the balls and the goals and but yeah we just see each other on the same level and i think that's um part of the modern world in work but also in football 
and I think that's really helpful for young players. So um, they just come and they can see each other as a part like an old player. And yeah, of course, the other side is that the, the game got more professional. So it's maybe a bit harder because um, the gap from youth football to the women's football is a little bit bigger. But if you're really talented, I think the club and also the teammates are really helpful. And um, yeah, that you can make this step really easily. That's true, because previously you'd have people coming into national team quite a young age and then having quite a lot of time, maybe even from like 14, 15 years old, and then, you know, kind of developing in this into the senior side from an early age. Now they've got to sort of make the jump from the youth youth teams to the senior sides. It's a little bit of a, a different different step isn't it different journey um yeah in terms of the 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 gap between um the women's super league and the bundesliga and um the la liga in uh, spain like do you think that they're all getting tighter as well as well as as well as inter- international level yes i think so we could also see this in the champions league final um, I think everyone thought that Barcelona would win this really easily, but then you have a really strong uh, Olympic Lyon. They played an amazing game. They were so physical, and Barcelona struggled a lot. I've I haven't seen them struggling like this in the last couple of months or even years. Um, so yeah, the gap I think is really really close. You can't say in the beginning who will win the Champions League um, this year. So. I think you have an amazing league in France, in Spain. Also, Italy is growing. They get so much more professional when you see teams like Juventus, um, but also, of course, England, Germany. Yeah, it's really tight. It's really good. It's so interesting for the for the um, for the tournament. I was really surprised by Juventus uh, and how well they did in that Champions League group. Obviously, it wasn't the the best for Chelsea in the end, but um, that draw at um, at Kings Meadow, they were so well organised. They really played to their strengths. I thought. Yeah, of course, and they have a good coach. Um, he's he was coming there from uh, from Arsenal, and yeah, they developed really well in the last, I would say, two years. And now they also did a, a lot of good signings for next season. So um, it will be really interesting again. Does it feel with the Euros? Does it feel like there's any pressure on, um, on extra pressure on women's players in the way that maybe there isn't for the men's players? In that big tournaments play such a role at developing the game. So you know, if England have a good, a good tournament on home soil, um, you know, the likelihood that women's football will develop even greater in England is quite high. If Germany go on and win the tournament it's likely that it will have a big echo back home. Do you feel like that's important and that we'll potentially see a big, big jump in this tournament? Of course, it's really important and it can be really helpful, but the players shouldn't feel this pressure during the tournament. They should know that, or they should be aware that they can have a lot of impact, but um, yeah, they just should enjoy the game and enjoy the tournament competing on the highest level and, Hopefully the rest comes from itself. And also there's always a big hype in the, in the different countries. So that's 
why it's really good that we play this tournament in England. So I think next season, um, the focus on women's football is even better. But you can also see that on the last Euros in the Netherlands, uh, where they also won. It was such a big hype. And since then, they have a lot of um, audiences and crowds that traveling to the games and supporting the national team. And they were using uh, this hype really well for marketing stuff and developing the, the football in the Netherlands. Is it hard to switch off from what's going on in a major tournament outside of it? You know, all of that hype, all of those, you know, we think of 2017, you think of the seas of orange fans flooding towards the Netherlands games. Is it hard to switch off from all of the buzz around it when you're in that tournament? Or it like, is it, you know, just you sort of put a little bubble around yourself and protect yourself from, from that noise? I mean, when you are successful and when you win the games, it's really helpful and to see the fans are supporting you. But on the other side, when you struggle a little bit in the tournament, of course, it can be a lot of pressure. And then it's even more important to get off all the comments and social media um, and just to focus on football. But um, yeah, that's just part of the game. That's the pressure we have to deal with. Um, but I think we also like this pressure because we know that we can achieve so much. And um, for the fans, it's even more important and uh, even nicer to play in front of them. Who do you think is going to win the Euros? Germany. Fingers <laughs> <laughs> crossed. <laughs> Thank you both very much for this insightful discussion, Melanie and Suzanne.